You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. We are live once again with the making of a marketer, Andy Pondillo, Jess Nickerson, and our guest today. If you are on social media on LinkedIn, you should know him very, very well. He's blown up one of our favorite personal brands, Jacob Shipley, um, also a social media with Tyson Food Service. Very happy to have you today, Jacob. And we got lots of questions to grill you with, um, but I'm excited for a very, very fun conversation. And um, personally, just somebody that I think is just killing it on the LinkedIn platform right now. Your advice, your expertise, your your witty one-liners, huge fan. And, you know, when we started this podcast and started talking about getting some personal branding style episodes, uh, you were always one of the top ones on our list. So we're really, really excited to, to dig into your brain today. Well, that's very kind. Thank you so much. There's a, uh, yeah, there's so many people on LinkedIn that are crushing it. Um, and so just, yeah, learning all I can over the last year. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here, man. So our first question to start you off with today um, is we've been asking all of our guests this because I think it's more important than ever in 2023. You can go on any of your social media feeds. There's a lot of noise. There's layoffs. There's changes. There's budgets changing. We're all kind of figuring this thing out as we go. But the one thing that we all strive to keep is our creativity. So at any point, you know, if you're feeling a little stuck and you need to get creative and you're trying to dig deep, what is your kind of tip and trick for your personal um, self to try to get unstuck creatively? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, there are so many people on like kind of LinkedIn is where I've planted my flag of kind of where I want to just grow personally and uh, put out my thoughts of what I'm learning, what I'm doing, how I'm growing. And there are so many people on LinkedIn that are crushing it. Uh, When I was starting out, there were some guys that really engaged with my content, really helped me. And um, so looking at other people that are really succeeding on LinkedIn, what are they doing? What kind of content are they putting out? What's what style, what ideas, what are they talking about? And that really, I mean, fires me up when I see other people that are, uh, they're doing cool things that maybe that sparks an idea in my mind. Maybe that uh, makes me think of something else. Um, so really I just go to the, the people that have, I've been following on LinkedIn for a while. Um, you know, I think there's some really great voices and, you know, new voices that maybe I haven't heard just scrolling and seeing, um, say what you will about, you know, social and the algorithm. But I think there are a lot of really positive things happening, people sharing some really cool stuff. And it's always inspiring to see, you know, what other people in other industries are talking about and how they're creating. So if I'm looking for someone to follow on LinkedIn right now, do you have like a, a couple go-tos that you kind of ha- have helped you? I know I know for me, Jess will shake her head. Like I let Gary V scream at me every day about what to do on social media. So I've tried to diversify it a little bit too, who I'm following. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
I think about like the guys that were like right when I started that like were really supportive of me that are putting out incredible content. Sam Wells is the director of uh, social media over at Nutribolt, which is the parent company of like the C4 energy drink, uh, doing some really cool stuff. The way he thinks about social is awesome. Uh, Kevin Graham is the social media guy over at Manscaped. He doesn't post frequently, but when he does, they're always super solid posts. Those are two guys that, you know, I'm like, you got big names, you know, like Justin Welsh um, is really doing some really cool stuff on uh, social. But yeah, those are, I mean, three off the top of my head that are really putting out some incredible stuff. So for your personal growth in social media, just kind of let's take it back to like general, how you got started in the industry, you know, what was, you know, your technique for what, what was, what motivated you to say, hey, social media is what I want to do in my career. You talk so much about it in your posts, but was there like a path that got you here or is it something that you more fell into? Yeah. So my first gig out of college, I was working for the University of Missouri, which is where I went to school uh, at the, in the ag school doing video production for student recruitment, which was a lot of fun. It was really cool people to work with. And then my wife and I decided we wanted to go somewhere new. We wanted to kind of so I applied all over, uh, you know, across the country, just applied for a bunch of jobs. And one of them was a social media job at Uversion, which is a Bible app owned by Life Church. And they rolled the dice on me. I didn't really have any business applying for the gig, but they took a shot and hired me and really was able to learn from a lot of the, the was really fortunate. They're a really innovative organization that puts a lot of emphasis on reaching people digitally and learn from some incredible minds and in social about how to think about reaching people and how to think about growing a community and really just adding value to your audience. And so then uh, did that for uh, two and a half years and then transitioned over to my current role at Tyson Foods, where I'm on the food service side, uh, helping oversee organic social, paid social, first party data collection, uh, digital customer experience, um, which has been great. And then I realized in January 1-ish of 2022, had the kind of thought process that I've never really grown a personal brand on LinkedIn. I'd grown, you know, Instagram pages and Facebook pages, but I'd really never kind of had a huge success with LinkedIn. And so I had the, and I also, I, I should say, I wanted to become a better writer. That was one thing I'd, I'd written a lot when I was uh, in college and wanted to really flex that muscle a little bit and get get to be a better writer. So I decided I'm going to post every day on LinkedIn. Even if nobody likes, comments, or shares, I'm going to post every single day, just write, and with the sole goal of trying to become a better writer. And so did that. And over, I say this all the time, but I think it's impossible to put out content every day for a year and not become a better creator. You know, you're, you're maybe the results won't be as, as good as you hope they'll be, but you're going to get better. You're going to find a community. You're going to find a tribe and you're going to learn how the algorithm wants to receive content, what people resonate with. And so really just wrote every day for a year. And um, over that process have just found a really cool, you know, I'm not a ton of followers or anything, but just have found a really cool tribe of people that uh, are into social media that are into uh, digital and have met a lot of cool people, had a lot of cool calls with just, you know, getting to know people, chatting, sharing tips and tricks. And um, so, yeah, LinkedIn is just, has been an incredible place where I've, I've found a really solid community of people. Um, and the support there is just really unreal. 
So Jess, I love this because we talk about this a lot in different ways. Like, how do we get somebody motivated to use LinkedIn? So what Jess and I do, and a real kind of common part of our day is we work with different teams. They could be practitioners, managers, directors, they go all the way up to executive levels. And a lot of times we're trying to get these executives, like build your personal brand on LinkedIn. It's so powerful. And, you know, we think about what those incentives are, but actually I've never really thought of it as improving your writing skills. And I, I think that just, I think we're going to have to go back to the drawing board and use that. Cause I, I do think that this is good for executives because it kind of hones in their message and it kind of refines it. But at the same time, it's something that you can teach your, you know, your institution at work to try to get multiple people to post because it'll up-level the types of content they can put out. Absolutely. I was just thinking this is the the new branding take for LinkedIn. If you want to improve your skills, come to LinkedIn and you can improve your writing. So I love it. And uh, Jacob, what I also love, just because we're talking, we talk a lot about creativity and unlocking creativity. And I think this this idea behind you know posting every day, essentially you, you, you're forming a habit. And we talk so much about how habits really drive success and that improvement and results and more ideas and that creativity. So I love that you took on that challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about LinkedIn and what it's done for, uh, you know, me and my career and also personally too, just like the friends that I've made via LinkedIn has been really powerful, but uh, I'm going to sound like a LinkedIn infomercial just talking about how much I love it, but I really do. I mean, like it, it made me a better writer, but I posted every day on LinkedIn for probably nine, 10 months before I really felt like I had any traction. And I actually made a post about it. I said, um, like, I'm really frustrated. I see all these other people that are getting millions of views. And man, I've been posting every day for nine months and nobody really cares what I'm saying. I'm just talking to myself, which I said at the beginning of the year, I'm going to do this for a year and then reevaluate. And it's like, I don't think I'm going to keep going after a year. Like I've become, I, I think I'm a better writer, but I'm just, I'm not reaching people. And Kevin Graham, social guy at Manscaped commented um, something to the effect of you're doing just fine. Keep going. And I was like, all right, like I'll, I'll finish out the year. I'll keep going. And right after that, I had a post that I don't even remember what it was, but uh, I picked up a lot of traction, really resonated with other social media folks and got in front of a lot of people. And then just the, the building blocks started like growing and growing and growing more people and then just meeting more people, talking to more people, more people engaging with my content. And obviously it's not all about the numbers, but it feels really good to put something out that helps somebody else and seeing like, you know, it, it's not a you know, vanity metrics or whatever, but knowing that I'm helping other people or at least encouraging or making somebody else's day better. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a blast. So let's talk about your style, Jacob. You have a particular specific style, I feel like, on LinkedIn. So, you know, we see people putting out like a lot of video content on LinkedIn. You know, we see polls that have started to pop up on TikTok. People are doing dances. Um, I still say I'm going to do one of those, but haven't yet. And uh, with your style on LinkedIn, it's very much like one-liners, short form content, straight to the point suggestions for people that work in the social media field. How did you develop that style? Did it take some time to hone in? But that's one thing I've always found particularly interesting about your posts is how quick you get to the point and how you put an impact in basically just a couple of seconds for me to keep wanting to read your content. 
Well, thank you. I mean, that's very kind. Um, when I first started on LinkedIn, Justin Welsh, I saw him posting some really cool stuff and uh, he sells a course on how to grow on LinkedIn. And I remember he posted something to the effect of you could buy my course or you could just read every post I've ever posted on LinkedIn and you'll, you'll get the same information. I was like, well, I'll do that. And so I just read through, I spent hours just reading every single post he'd ever posted on LinkedIn. And it was cool to see his voice kind of evolve and how he thought it, but it really just gave, got a lot of information on um, what resonates on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, it definitely was a process. Um, posting every day. I, if you scroll back, you know, deep in the feed, you can see I tried long form content. I tried, I tried a bunch of stuff and just really tried to figure out what do people care about? What, what helps? And I was originally to, I was uh, coming from version, had some consulting clients in the faith-based app world. And so was kind of growing that business. And so my content was kind of focused on uh, acquiring new clients in that industry, but then really kind of shifted and really wanted to just build a community of people that are passionate about social media, that are social media managers, or, you know, at least um, curious about social. So really kind of thought through that. And that, I, I feel like, yeah, just, it's that process of you've got to get your reps in to figure out what do I enjoy putting out? What do people like? And yeah, I, I think that punchy style of just get in, add value, get out um, is almost as much for my benefit as the people reading. It's, you know, I want to be very efficient and be very, uh, don't want to waste people's time, waste people's time. And, um, you know, I'm still, still learning. I, who's to say my, my writing style won't be incredibly different in another year. It's just, it's that process of, uh, personal growth, but also understanding how can I really help other people, um, in the shortest amount of time possible. So let's talk about some of those posts now. So I want to dig into to your thinking, sure. just think about your thought process and maybe just expand on some of them that I've liked. So I've pulled a few posts just from your recent um, entries into LinkedIn. So um, here's one. I'm a social media manager, not a marketing department. One of my personal favorites as a former like social media, do everything at once, um, social media manager. But, you know, we hear that a lot. We know that teams are starting to decrease in size um, across the board right now, just in the state we're in in 2023. So kind of just describe that post, your feelings around it, and maybe a little bit like how the industry can kind of learn from this and learn how social media managers do have a lot on their plate and they're trying to navigate the best way to make things happen. Sure. Um, yeah, one of my favorite things to do is like the free version would be using LinkedIn and just searching, uh, like for me, social media marketing. I would just search that and I would click posts and then I would filter that by like last seven days or 30 days or whatever. And so then I'm just looking at what are the top posts about that social media marketing over the last 30 days? And then capturing what made those posts successful. So really reading and trying to figure out, was it the idea? Was it the style? And usually you'll find there's like a core truth in posts that make them succeed. And obviously the style is important. How you format it is important, but there's like, like the ethos, like the spark of that post. And so then if I can think through, how can I capture that idea and make it my own and put it in my own voice? And so uh, obviously not copy and paste, not plagiarize, but like take uh, take inspiration from and then produce something that's mine. And so I'll, I'll read through, I probably read through uh, a post that was to the effect, the big idea of that post was probably something to the effect of uh, social media mark managers are overworked uh, and too much is expected of them. And so I was like, okay, how can I say that? Um, in my voice, very punchy. Um, what does that make me think of? 
and I'll say I'm incredibly blessed at Tyson, uh, the organization I work at now that they, they let me have my lane to really succeed and don't put a lot of extra pressure on if I want to explore and try to add value in other areas that's always welcome and uh, don't feel like that truth of that post applies to me, but I know it applies to a lot of social media managers. Um, and so I just wanted to say something that I think people would resonate with and people would feel, um, if I can get somebody to say, oh, he gets me, like that's the biggest compliment. That's, that, that's my goal is like, can I say something that makes a social media manager feel like I really understand them? And yeah, you know, cause I do, I, I, I've, I've lived that life and uh, I'm just like, I get it. Uh, you're not alone in what you're experiencing. So an important message I hear here that kind of through all of it, and, and I love that you mentioned this, is companies letting people that work in social media do their side projects, like do their personal brand. For Jess and I, like we're able to do this podcast, you know, uh, an extension of what we do for LinkedIn. So it's something that I find, and I just you find, is I really helped our creativity when we go to our core jobs, because we're able to explore different avenues here that, you know, they aren't cost per engagement, you know, engagement um, percent, you know, CPL, CPM, things like that, just like getting our minds out of that a little bit. Sometimes like we really find and unlock things. And I think that for the managers that listen to the show or anybody in that type of realm, you know, we've heard this now a couple of different times from a couple, you know, different guests that just having that freedom to explore other things, I think it makes your employees better employees. Because what I've found is all of us, especially here on this podcast today, we're all creative thinkers and we have to be uh, enabled to think like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you work at LinkedIn, I work at Tyson, both very uh established companies that have a very protected image and you know there's there's obviously freedom and there's creativity but there there are boundaries on it and so to be able to whether in my freelance consulting work or in my own like personal brand to be able to really flex that creative muscle and try off the wall things and see what works it i agree it makes me much better at my day job and then what i do at my day job helps make me better at the other stuff and it's this virtuous cycle that um i, I really think everybody wins so that plays perfectly into your next quote here. People aren't scrolling the feed looking for products to buy. They're actually looking for the feed to be educated, entertained, or inspired. So I want you to elaborate on that because that is definitely, you know, plays in our wheelhouse and the data shows over and over again that, you know, like the there is something that was out recently. It was a top 10, I think it was TikTok influencers and eight of them are people and two of them are brands. So yeah. it definitely leads to that point. Yeah, for sure. When you think about um, if you're if you had a friend that only ever asked you for favors, like you wouldn't be a friend for that long. You know, there has to be like reciprocal interaction. There has to be, you know, it, maybe this sounds naive or pessimistic, but like you, ha there has to be like value added in relationships. And like, um, I'm incredibly happily married to my wife, but. Uh, I try to serve her and make her life better. She tries to serve me and make my life better. And that's what builds relationship. That's what helps us grow closer to each other. And it's the same for, you know, brands or people on social. You have to genuinely want to make their lives better. And telling them to buy your product is not making their life better. Your product might enhance their life. That's fair. But if you're constantly saying, buy my product, buy my product, buy my product, you're not adding any value to their life. You have to speak to them in a way they want to be spoken to where they're at. 
uh, a friend of mine, Dave Adamson, who's just a, a genius when it comes to social media, uh, he says, relevance is meeting the need of your audience in the moment they need it most. And when they're scrolling on LinkedIn, they're looking to, you know, it's a very professional social media platform, but at the end of the day, they're, they're looking to be educated, entertained, or inspired. And so maybe my products fit into that. Maybe they don't. How can I create content that really meets that need of wanting to be educated, entertained, or inspired? Um, and then, yeah, down the road, like I'm building my email list. I'm hopefully launching a digital product very soon. I'm going to be asking my followers to uh, do me a favor and go join my email list so I can talk to them about what I'm doing. But that's that's always the that's never the star of the show. That's always the backup. That's always uh, in addition to the value that I'm trying to add. Um, so yeah, I, I think that you know uh, that that came from my experience at Live Church and U Version, watching um, a lot of really great minds in social media uh, that they're just thinking and sitting in rooms brainstorming. How can we make our audience audiences lives better? Um, and if brands really capture that. Uh, that idea, I think that it makes it a lot easier to grow a community that really cares about what you have to say. So for our next quote, if you think about social media, if you think social media management is just about posting on social media, you probably don't work in social media. Fun story that I thought of when I read this is um, you know, years before I met my fiance, um, I was in organic. Um, social media, kind of working my way to paid. And, you know, you swipe right, go on the date, you get an inevitable question comes up, tell me about your job. I work in social media. Oh, so you post on Instagram all day. I'm like, <laughs> like you can just see me like grinding my gears when I hear that. But, you know, I think the education has gotten better, Jacob. I don't think it's 2016 anymore, 2014. When I think that was like a common thing, but I do still think it exists in some realms. Right. And, I, and I feel like what you do and what, you know, personal brands in the social media world do is they're helping bridge that gap right now. And there's still work to be done. Um, but definitely just want your thoughts on elaborating about that, just how you've been able to try to, you know, continue that education with a post like this. Yeah, I, I can't remember where the idea for that. I, it could have been seeing somebody else's post and getting inspired or making me think of something. But I, I know I remember I was in a church parking lot and somebody asked me what I do. And I said, I do social media for you version. And they said, oh, sir, do you just like scroll Twitter all day? It's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I do. I scroll Twitter mm -hmm. all day. It's like, um, so I think that's probably where the idea came from. But again, it was just like something that like I wanted social media managers to like read it and be like, oh yeah, I get that. I've, I've had an experience like that, or I, this reminds me of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think as much as it is relatable for social media managers, I think you're right. It's becoming less and less prevalent. I think people are really starting to see the value of social, specifically organic social, and what it means to have a community of people that care about what you have to say. And um, so, yeah. So LinkedIn is wild. Gary V gets an average of 1,000 engagements per post. So far this year, I've hit that five times. And he posts, you said here in January, I had that post beat by 26K. Um, if you're trying to grow an audience and land clients, LinkedIn is truly unmatched. We're flattered. <laughs> uh, tell us what LinkedIn has been for like exploring this in this last year. What's been yeah. different utilizing LinkedIn than, you know, like all of us in social media, we probably learned on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram before we got to LinkedIn, just kind of the natural, sure. you know, history of the platforms. But how has that been different for you and how you succeeded on LinkedIn? Yeah, I almost didn't post that because 
I, I, I don't ever want to make it about me. I want it to be about the people that I'm trying to add value to. And so to say like that, that's exactly one of the posts that made me feel discouraged when I was uh, earlier, you know, and not getting the views, but I wanted it to be like a keep going. This is what's possible kind of feel mm -hmm. of like, don't give up. Like, uh, and you know, you can get, uh, you can get a lot more views on TikTok or Instagram than you can on LinkedIn. But to me, the playing field is so level. That was what I thought was so cool. Like if you put out good content, it will get in front of people. And that was the example of like, you know, I, I didn't want it to sound cocky. I wanted it to sound like if I can do it, like anybody can do okay. it. If I'm yeah. getting as many views as Gary V is getting, like then anybody can, like LinkedIn is the place to do that. That, you know, if you flex that muscle of becoming a better content creator, um, you can get in front of a lot of people. And the willingness to like, not pitch, but like find relevant partnerships of people that, want to work together or you know want to hire and like just it, that's really cool that i think doesn't really exist on other platforms just the openness to professional connection openness to uh, career opportunities freelance opportunities um it just uh, the, the combination of organic reach potential and you know professional uh industry connections that overlap just made uh makes linkedin a place that i'm really excited to, to be growing on and something key right there too, where we mentioned Gary V. So like, you know, we talk about personal branding, building content. Like I think something that even myself, you know, when I think about, you know, the podcast, Jess and I are growing right now is that you think of all the video content, like all the pictures, all the stuff you have to do. Again, what I think it's real important about your example you put there and why I chose that is you were able to do that as a, as a single person um, building content where we look at Gary V and there's a camera sure. following him around. There's people posting for him all day. He's running Instagram stories all day. Like he's got a lot of resources and it can still in this organic LinkedIn world allow you to play in that sphere with great content. And I might say on the side, I one time spoke at a conference and hired someone to film me while I did it for like short form video content. It takes a lot of getting used to when you have a camera following you around sure. all the time. Like if I were on a reality show, like it, it's hard to act exactly the same when there's a camera right next to you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I mean, like, I really, I've recently started to kind of repurpose a lot of LinkedIn content to Twitter, still very early in that journey. But that's kind of why I chose uh, LinkedIn and now Twitter is like, I, I used to do video production back in the day, but it's just so time consuming and not that writing isn't time consuming, but everything is writing, right? If you're doing a video, you really have to think through what you're going to say, you know, and so uh, it just, yeah, the, the, how, how well Nate, like, just writing just thoughts uh, written out performs on LinkedIn was very attractive. So final question when it comes to just the, the LinkedIn side of things. So Justin, and I just, we found out what's, what's your advice for us. We're on episode nine right now. We have a page. Um, Jess and I are trying to take the challenge as good as best as we can to post every day. What would be your advice to us right now when we're a couple months in and what we could do a year from now to hopefully get a little bit more LinkedIn famous with this thing? Yeah, for sure. So I'd say uh, I have not grown audience on LinkedIn because of any talent or any skill or anything special that I'm doing. Um, 
I know I don't think anybody that's growing an audience on LinkedIn is doing it because they're incredibly talented. I think most people build an audience because they're incredibly consistent. That showing up every day and adding value, that's the kind of the two-pronged part of consistently showing up every day and then the content adding value, legitimately thinking and trying to process how can I make the lives of my followers better? What content would help them in their career and their personal life and putting that out regularly? And I think just practically people follow people more than they follow brands. And so as much as you can grow a personal brand and then use that to really lift up uh, the brand is very effective. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of, I sound like a broken record, but getting your reps in uh, the more content you produce, the more you're going to find what works for you, what works for your audience and where that overlap is that you can really double down on and invest in. I think repurposing content has been a huge piece of my strategy as well. If something does really well, I'll post it again in 90 days. And I don't think there's anything magic about the number 90 days, but that's just kind of my gain some followers. But I also know that a lot of followers uh, didn't see it. Most followers probably forgot about it. And then also too, if your posts are legitimately adding value, nobody's going to be upset. Like they're going to scroll the feed. Ah, oh, man, like that post added value, but I saw it a second time. You know, like if it's a good con, if it's good content that really helps them, I think people are all about it. And so I think repurposing your content to help you scale to your posting frequency, uh, you know, as, as you go, I think that's incredibly effective as well. Final question I have for you. So somebody that's watching this, um, we've angled questions a little bit earlier. We were talking about, you know, maybe a manager watching this. Let's flip it all the way around. And somebody that is graduating college right now. Um, I know it's very cool that people are going to school now for social media or social media certificates, degrees, whatever they may be. Back in our day, we did broadcast journalism is what yeah. I did, you know, similar to you. And we kind of just learned everything on the fly. Uh, so someone's getting out of school. I feel like they're a little bit more educated now than probably where, you know, the industry was 10 years ago, of course. But what would you advise them to do right now, whether it's getting into a social media role at, you know, a place, you know, like Tyson Food Service where you're at right now, or if it's doing personal branding, like what can they do right now to really bolster themselves? Yeah, I mean, I got incredibly lucky when I came in to Uversion that, they really hire for culture fit first and talent second. And thank goodness, because I didn't have a lot of talent, you know, and so it was very, uh, I, I was able to learn and grow. And I think that really set me up well for, you know, my next step in my career of having that body of work to point to, to say, this is something I had a hand in building um, is very valuable. So somebody just starting, I mean, like, it's, there's no shortcut, right? It's, it's the roadmap is, hard work every day for years on end. And that's not sexy. That's not glamorous, but like that's the reality of the situation is that it takes um, dedication. And so build a body of work you can point to that you can, whether it's freelance, you know, consulting or social media management, maybe you really want to get a job at a big brand or maybe you're just a local, you know, small business, whatever you want to do. The, the most important thing in my mind is to have a body of work you can point to and say, this is something I had a hand in building and something you can point to. So if that's, taking an entry-level job as a social media specialist like I did, or if it's just building your personal brand on LinkedIn, writing a lot, putting thoughts out every day for months on end, you know, trying to find a community, a tribe of people that resonate. I think putting out content regularly, whether for a brand or for a personal brand, attracting a community, building an audience, so then you can point back to that for future opportunities. Perfectly well said. That's a that's a mic drop right there, Jacob. It's um, 
you know, I learned a lot just from this topic, you know, Jess and I um, have really enjoyed kind of just, you know, listening through this, this series we've been doing about personal branding, because, you know, to be honest, like, I'd say that it's been years since I've really delved into this field, um, or this genre of social media. So it's been like, so great to hear from you to kind of gain what our perspectives could be, you know, for growing what we're doing. And, you know, again, just from some of the stuff that we teach, like the, the lessons you put out there and the content pieces uh, are, are very, very helpful and just good reminders to like keep pushing these core messages when it comes to social media content managers. And, you know, what I'd say is just keep doing your thing. You know, we're out there, we're clicking like, we're sharing um, was a, a great conversation today and, you know, would definitely love to connect again down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And, you know, like I said, you've been very kind. I, I think I'll sit it before and I'll say it again. My, you know, any success that I've had is very minimally to do with, you know, talent, but it, it's, it's the community on LinkedIn is very supportive. And, uh, you know, I, I met a lot of people that with the mentality of, you know, a rising tide raises all ships and very supportive of each other. And it's an easy place to grow. It's an easy place to uh, meet people and connect. And so I'm, yeah, incredibly grateful for everybody that's kind of lifted me up along the way. Well, yes. definitely. Well, that was Jacob Shipley, uh, social media, with, social media with Tyson food service. Thank you so much again for joining us. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a great day guys. You too. So Jess, there was some consistencies with some of the things we've been hearing from Jacob, but also some nuances. And I like that, that he brought his own style to the table. And what I really wanted to dig into today is his content strategy um, is very straight to the point. Like it's very straight to the point. It's text heavy. It's not as creative heavy as some of the other styles we see. And yet it still works and is able to get engagement with someone like a post like Gary V. So I found it interesting just kind of dig through his brain and how he's sourcing content, I think is something we can take back to the table. Absolutely. I mean, when we think about the creativity piece, innovation, he's he's doing exactly what we would recommend in that type of process, the way that he is searching through those hashtags to get a better understanding of his audience, absolutely key, like what they are engaging with, what they care about, what their values are, what their beliefs are. And then he's taking that information, he's taking those observations, and then he's creating a point of view. So from his take, like, how can I infer this data, these insights, and create a message that is going to add the most value for them? So and that's, absolutely- what's good, so that's what's good about LinkedIn is you could do that search. You could probably find something that really relates to you if you search through relevant hashtags. Yes, absolutely. And something, too, that can be done absolutely free on our platform. So I think social media listening, while a new and exciting buzzword um, or buzz phrase, also comes with the connotation of how much am I going to have to pay for it? We've been doing social media listening for a long time. Social media listening platforms kind of unveil like all these like bells and whistles and really cool things about mood and sentiment and and all of that. But you can still do your own social media listening uh, on platform by just searching hashtags. Definitely. And then remembering, taking it a step further, like where really Jacob has set himself apart is 
by going that extra mile and doing critical thinking and saying, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean about my audience? What, what does this mean about how they are feeling, what they are thinking? And then again, establishing his own perspective and then converting it into his voice and his style. So when it comes to making those posts, so Jacob has told us his strategy. Courtney told her her strategy on our four-part series we're working on right now. Both are in line. was like, we're just going to post on this platform every day and see what happens. So I've tried to be better about it. I've upped my post count a little bit. I haven't got to every day yet, but I'm trying to, I, I need to build a calendar. I know we're working on a calendar. I think that'd be helpful. You can schedule posts on LinkedIn now, which is extremely helpful for me. Um, how have you been doing, Jess, on this excursion? Have you been able to up your count and see some, some numbers roll in? Definitely a, a little bit for sure. I mean, I'm at least posting now once per week. And so starting, starting small with those baby steps. And I, I would say it does get easier as you continue to do it. And what's been the advice to your clients? Have you talked about that with any executives? I know occasionally that will come up with us, but it's probably been a little while. I, you know, a lot of times, like, I I want to say every day, like, I looked at be best practice, if you pull up a deck, it's going to say to post every day. Sometimes I feel like if I come so aggressive with that, it's going to scare them away. They're like, I don't have time for it now. So what's kind of been the advice you've been giving when you've been trying to get someone to post? Yeah, so thanks to Courtney and now Jacob, what we keep hearing about this consistency piece, and then also to not being not being scared to repurpose your content or or reshare it and and that's something that just recently in the the conversations that I've had with our customers just reiterating that point that if this is resonating and it's doing well even if it's not doing well uh, still continue to share that consistent message or or iterate the message or make small tweaks to the message to see how it does. But I, I think they've just really uh, given great advice about like, you can reshare content. If it, as Jacob said, if it's valuable, you are meeting your audience's need, absolutely reshare it. Yes. And, and most importantly, it doesn't have to be dolled up. It doesn't have to have bells, whistles, video production, all these great things. You know, if you have it, cool. But that's going to be impossible to sustain every single day of the week. So I think it's important to figure out what you can reshare from. What are your greatest hits? Building that bank. And it's, to me, no different than doing it for a company. Because if I'm a company doing posts and I'm running their organic feeds, even if I'm running... Let's say, let's take it out of social. Let's just talk digital media. Every company should have a series of their greatest hits. Like we just know that this piece works. You know, it's, um, well, we'll really date myself here. I'll be like McDonald's with Ronald McDonald and um, the Hamburglar running around at McDonald's or something like that. Like it's their greatest hits. Like it's their go-to commercial. We try something new, it may or may not work. So I think it's good to have a mixed bag of, things you could always go to really regardless of the marketing entity. Absolutely. And I, I think 
Jacob really highlighted today the importance too of authenticity and being relatable and uh, being vulnerable. I, 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 I think that post that he shared, although it was really like directed on himself, talking about like how he was discouraged and, you know, should I continue? Mm -hmm. That was that vulnerability line that I really do think set him over the edge and others saw that and they could relate. And I think that helped him take it to the next level and grow his, his following. Definitely. So I, can't wait to see what he's going to do in the future. You know, the, the engagement on his posts through the roof, but not only just the engagement, just I think helpful for our community. I think that still our industry, while not as new as it was five or six years ago, still relatively new compared to, you know, TV, radio, newspaper, billboards, you know, what even Google search, you know, like still newer than a lot of these other um, entities out there. So I think it's good to have that. But with that, we do have a four-person series. So next week will be week three of it. I know, Jess, you've been working on an exciting guest. Are are we allowed to announce who it is yet? Or do do I have to wait? Am I getting too excited? Let's wait until next week. To confirm. We do have an exciting guest we're working on right now. So um, really pumped for that. We also have been doing some brainstorming sessions. So we're like, you know, micro, you know, the making of a marketer, like, what can we do right now? What can we do in a few months? Like, what is like a North Star? So just, I told you, I said, like, who are the guests that if we just could get anybody, like, if I could go, you know, get Mark Zuckerberg or something like that, like, if we could just call him up and bring them on, who would we bring on? I think it was a good practice for us, because it kind of removes the boundaries. And it gives us kind of like, what what can we do? Who do we want? Like who would bring the most value? So I have a a, a big unveiling right here. Are you ready for this? Well, you you already know it, so I'm not going <laughs> to surprise you. I'm I'm ready. Yes, let's do this. So we got to thinking. It was like who would make the most impact on this podcast? Number one, and also who would just be a really interesting interview. So I got to thinking and my brain went to one person and one person only. And that is Tom Anderson, Tom from MySpace. Like perfect guest. Why would he be perfect, Andy? Like where where is your head going with this? But you think Tom from MySpace. MySpace started in 2003, the OG of mainstream social media, shot that thing up overnight to over 100 million active users. Before Facebook, it was MySpace, MySpace, MySpace. Like That's where everybody was. He innovated the comment section, the bulletins, the integrating music with social media, the personalizing your page with different backgrounds, even delved into, you know, the bulletins. You think of that maybe as like an early status update, what we see now, of course, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and then also just build a community, you know, a natural community where people wanted to interact you know, paid ads weren't, you know, really a thing back then, but people interacted with people. And those principles, in my mind, I'll be debated on this, I'm sure, 
But without those principles, it does not allow Mark Zuckerberg to perfect Facebook in the way that he did. It doesn't allow LinkedIn to become a social media channel. You know, also, you know, it, it still is a jobs network, but it's a jobs network with a social media aspect. So I think back to Tom Anderson, you know, co-CEO, co-founder, or actually co-founder of uh, MySpace. And all of the things he was able to do, he takes it to 2009. He makes, I believe it was $300 million. He sails off into the sunset. He's taking photos around the world. The guy is a complete ghost. Nobody knows what he's doing, you know, right now. You know, I'm sure his life is very fun, very awesome um, with what he was able to create and then bank the money off of it. But we do see a lot of these like CEO types or VPs of old channels. They resurface in startups or research or different things. But what happened to Tom from MySpace? What do you think? I love it. And let's call this the Tom from MySpace effect. Yes. Tom from MySpace effect. And it's going to be our campaign. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask the audience, we're going to, you know, try to get some help from our followers, from our page followers. What do, we, what do we need to do to get in front of him? Like, does somebody know somebody that knows somebody? Does, um, what should we private message him with? The only way I could think of to reach out to him is hit him in the DMs on Instagram and, and be like, you should do this. But I, I doubt I'm the only person who's ever hit MySpace Tom and the DM on Instagram. So it's like, how do we continue this campaign to get noticed? Yes. And listeners, if you want to see Tom from MySpace on LinkedIn, let us know. Definitely. And, and I also want to issue this not only as an interview, and we'll bring this up when we get him on the interview, don't worry, but I want to issue this as a challenge to Tom from MySpace too, because he left us in, in 2009. Like, I want to take this back to like the dark night, the dark night rises. Like, Batman in 2008 wasn't what Gotham needed right now, but it was the hero they deserved. And then he went away for a long time. And then Gotham needed Batman again, The Dark Knight Rises, to defeat Bane and save Gotham City. We're at such a weird time right now in this industry and in digital marketing. And I feel like somebody like Tom from MySpace, an OG, a guy who's been there, done that, knows the personal connection aspect, maybe not involved as much in like the paid side and like what it is now, but he gets the communication and personalization aspect. He built something from scratch and there's something to say about that. We think about, you know, advising where platforms need to go, what they need to do tomorrow, how to stay ahead of these trends. I feel like Tom from MySpace, we need him back in some capacity in the social media industry, in which he hinted when he responded to a post that Elon Musk made on Twitter about looking for a CEO. And uh, Tom from MySpace hinted and put his picture on there, you know, saying that he was online now on MySpace. Could just be goofing around, but I am dying to ask him, and I want to be the one to do it. We want to be the ones to do it to know what his next venture is and challenge him to come back to save the social media industry. I love it. Again, the Tom from MySpace effect. Yes, we'll be working on it. And if we get him on video, he has to wear the same white shirt from his profile picture. Like I will be disappointed if he doesn't come with the same look. Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. it sounds like that could be his bat call. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> We're going to put up the bat signal for Tom from MySpace up in the air. And again, if anyone has suggestions, um, tricks and tips, like what we could do, that's going to be our goal over the next several months of the making of a marketer is to have this exclusive interview, ask those questions and see if we can get him out of the photography um, the freelance photography world that he's in, he's posting in Vietnam right now, um, doing he's, he's an excellent photographer when he shares his work on Instagram, see if we can get him back into the social media world just a little bit. I'm ready. There it is. That, so that's our goal. Um, but thank you for, for bearing with me, Jess. That was like my prepared statement that I've been working on the last 48 hours. It is all good. And we're going to we're going to be talking about it now. We're going to have yes. a segment during each episode. So get ready, everyone, for updates on the Tom from MySpace effect. Yes. Other people are trying to get interviews with Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg. You know, we, we want Tom from MySpace. So we'll be updating you each day or, or each week on, on what that looks like. And you know, see if you can get involved and, and give us, uh, you know, some help, you know, where it could be fit. But that leads us to the end. You know, I think another excellent podcast today, Jess, our second part of our four-part personal branding series. So I'm excited to see where this takes us over the next two weeks and, you know, keep this truck rolling. You know, it's it's been you know, again, exciting to have each and every one of you on board as we grow this thing, as we're working and testing episode nine today. So very happy to see where this is going. And, and once again, you know, thank you, Jess, for making this happen as we keep it moving. Yes, you as well, Andy. Really looking forward to continuing the series. Most definitely. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, everyone. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.